What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing well. Here we are, Engage Heaven. I'm James Levesque. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day. We're going to jump in. If you didn't hear yesterday's message, now would be the time to just stop this and go back. And I'm really going to spill into that. I was way too fired up yesterday and just felt like I couldn't get it all out. And we'll call this one, probably I need thee, to be honest with you. So we purchased a building back in, I don't know, 2015. I think we acquired it in 2011 or maybe it was 14 and 11. But either way, not a week goes by. Someone don't ask me about our beautiful property in New London, Connecticut. And it is just a sight to see. Huge sanctuary, you know, great history used during the Great Awakening, all that kind of stuff, you know. And I remember, you know, look, you're going to have to forgive me because I was younger. But I remember at the time I'm thinking, I just want anything out of this building that is like representative of old, you know. So we got the pews moved out right away. And that's a whole nother story. We uh, got all the hymnals. These are like hymnals. When I say these are hymnals, these are hymnals, like 1800s type stuff. And we got rid of those. And I'll never forget the day somebody showed up in my office and was cleaning. And they were up in the crypt or the balcony or something. And they were cleaning something out. And they came to my office and said, Pastor, I just want you to know, don't be mad, but I found a hymnal. Like, dude, I'm not like anti-hymnal. And they said, do you want me to throw it out? What do you want me to do? And I said, you know, why don't you just bring it to me? So they brought it to me. I put it on my desk. And then I just had this crazy idea because I don't know hymnals. And to be straight up with you, anytime Pastor Sarah would like our, our, you know, our pastor in the Northeast, anytime she would sing, which she's the best worship leader on the planet. Anytime she would sing, she, uh, she would like, you know, sing hymns. And I don't know hymns. Like, I don't know anything to do with hymns, right? Um, you know, even when she sings hymnals now, I don't always know the words, you know, um, pastor Sarah, our worship pastor in the Northeast, amazing worship leader. But you know, sometimes even now when she sings some hymns or something, I don't know the words, you know? And so as somebody handed me this hymnal, it's in front of me on my desk. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to read them. But then it's like, they're so wordy. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read them as a tweet. Like literally pretend I'm just reading like status updates. So I cracked open the book and just started reading. Like literally pretending I'm reading someone's status on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. And oh boy, I was blown. I couldn't believe how powerful this thing was. First off, I've never seen more lyrics on the blood and the cross in all my life. I've never seen more lyrics out of really about overcoming and our hope in the cross and salvation and all these things, right? I mean, it just brought me to tears at my desk because I was just overwhelmed. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't really hear that stuff anymore. You don't hear stuff on the blood. You're not hearing stuff on the cross that much anymore. And quite frankly, it just, it just moved me. It just moved me in such a way that hasn't happened before. And I just made me want to read more hymns, right? I mean, I don't know the melodies or the, or the, or, you know, necessarily how they go in song, but I love the words. And then it really got me thinking, like, I could feel just reading your words. So look, if you make a status update, I could probably tell what kind of a day you're having, right? Some of y'all are too much in your feelings. But when I read these hymns, boy, you know what I knew? I was dealing with a bunch of overcomers. I knew that I was talking to people that have overcome life and they have done some amazing things. 
And then I immediately wanted to like research, you know, the history of the songs. Made me really want to go back and say, why, why did you write this? Why did you write that? You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. The lyrics and some of the things that I was, I was finding. And today, the reality is, it's hard to find that kind of worship anymore. It's hard to find that real heartfelt God worship, right? So many people are trying to capture some, you know, flesh moment where they're just trying to like loosen themselves up to try to write. Friends, that's ridiculous. If you need alcohol to write a song, this isn't God. You follow me? And, you know, really opened our eyes when we're talking about these ancient boundaries because like, you know, there's a recipe on how this thing goes and we can't change it right? It's kind of like the message of signs and wonders. Like I preach a lot about miracles and it makes people feel uncomfortable because quite frankly, they don't understand it or they don't do it. But the bottom line is this is the mandate we have as believers. You don't get the right to change it because you don't do it well. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. This is our mandate as believers to walk in signs and wonders, to walk in power, to walk in miracles. That is our mandate as believers. You don't get the right to change the mandate because you don't do it well. We have to become better at getting better, right? We've got to do better at going, okay, God, if, if I don't see something that I'm believing for, then I'm not going to blame that side of heaven. I'm going to go ahead and blame this side of heaven, and I'm going to regroup and get in your word and figure out what I got to do to really see breakthrough in this area of my life. That is what faith is, friends. It's the substance, and it's the evidence. It's the substance, and it's the evidence. It's the substance of things uh, hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You don't have substance and evidence by getting proof before. Faith is anchored in the unseen realm. And as you and I engage heaven daily, then we become more like Jesus and we walk in the faith that God wants us to have. I'm going to tell you about somebody after the break, amazing girl by the name of Annie Hawks. I know you don't know who she is. You will after the break. You'll thank me later. You're rocking with Engage Heaven today. We're back. We're talking about I need the hymnals. Do you listen to hymnals? Do you like them? I'm not sure I'm putting them on easy listening. I'm not, I mean, I'm not putting them on YouTube, but I do enjoy them. And I really do enjoy the older I get, those worship songs that kind of just formed my faith, right? And we're talking today about holding the ancient boundary line and realizing that, you know, the bottom line is we have to stop looking at difficulty as uh, a problem. Yeah, I said it. We are people of faith. You will always have difficulties. There's always going to be a miracle needed. You're never, ever, 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 ever exempt from a thing called trust. Yeah, good luck. You are given opportunities in your life to trust God, and that's where all of this comes from. You and I are given opportunities to trust. So when things go in your life, see what's happening is there's a generation of people on the earth, and, and unfortunately, it's not just younger people anymore. Older people face difficulty and they start wondering what they did wrong. It's like, what? Like, just because things are difficult doesn't mean, quote, the grace has lifted and that's not even a thing, end quote. It doesn't mean that you get the right to backtrack because you don't want difficulty. And here's what's crazy to me. It's formed in difficulty, right? I will give you uh, everywhere that you place your feet, right? And you will take this mountain. That's what the Lord told him in Joshua. Well, he can't give you everywhere that you put your feet when you're on the couch. But somehow we serve this Christianity that just wants to be served to us. But the miracles don't happen until we go and put our foot down and start taking land. What are you believing for? 
what risk are you taking in your life believing for something supernatural? You are not called to just exist in this world. That is a horrible life, ladies and gentlemen. And younger and old alike are running from difficulty. They're looking at difficulty as a sign that God's not with them and they did something wrong. Friends, it's the opposite. I look at difficulty as a, as a boundary marker that I'm doing the right thing and I'm breaking through and I do. And so we have to stop looking at difficulty as a problem. It's not a problem. We have to embrace it. Uh, when God's calling you places, you run to darkness. Do you understand? We do not run to light. We run to darkness. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Stop hiding. Go to the places that God wants to break out. Go to the areas that God, you know, I think about all the churches in New England. Man, there's not, it's one of the least churched places on the globe. Average church size is like 20 in New England. Let's go, right? The coast of Florida, forget your vacation. Zero, 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 not anymore. Holy Ghost churches. No, you know how many people? I think everybody in the early days said it wasn't going to work. F bring me to darkness. I'm sorry. I don't think you realize that I've just been on the backside of the woods in New England plowing and we continue to plow and we're seeing God move so powerfully in the Northeast. Bring it on. We don't go... This is not everybody on earth is called to Austin, Texas. And you may be. Good for you. We are going to find the places that God needs to break out and go. Believe God. Everybody was leaving California. I'm going, is anybody going to stay? Everybody's talking about leaving. People are bouncing left and right. I'm like, nah, -uh, not the people I know in California. People I know in California will be the ones resurrecting dead bodies in the days ahead. That's who I know in California. We don't run from difficulty. And these early hymns were shaped by it. Annie Hawks, you don't know who she is. She wrote a song called I Need Thee, right? I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Come on, don't make me be a recording artist. And the interesting thing is, this is a song that D.L. Moody heard as I think this girl was like singing in her window and he ends up singing it at every single message he's ever done. They were singing this song and 37 years old, Annie Hawks, young wife and mother, kind of overwhelmed by her duties. She was busy with her regular household tasks during a bright June morning of 1872. Her words, suddenly I became so filled with with the sense of nearness to the master. And I'm wondering how one could even live without him, either in joy or pain. She felt both at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. And these words ushered into my mind the thought of once taking full possession of me. I need thee every hour. D.L. Moody. She would end up singing that every song. 37-year-old mom. 37-year-old mom. Just going for it. This is what happens when you change the world, right? It's not... You on a mountaintop on Instagram and everybody clapping for you. It is a woman right now washing dishes, overwhelmed at her responsibility, and she begins to write out of her heart, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. Woo! I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Are you kidding? I need thee every hour, most holy one. Make thine indeed, thou blessed son. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Are you kidding me? 37-year-old mom. 
and you're wasting your time trying to fight for women's rights and people are writing hymns changing the world. What are you doing? 37-year-old mom writing D.L. Moody's anthems that millions of people would be touched by. And you're doing what this morning? Unbelievable. Annie Sherwood Hawks, can't wait to meet you in heaven. She wrote actually a number of hymns with her pastor after that song too. And it was said in 1972, 1872 when it was written, but it was said it had been translated, the song I Need Thee Every Hour, in more foreign languages than any modern hymn at the time of her death. And she would say on her death, for myself, the hymn was prophetic rather than expressive about my own experiences. For it was wafted out of the world on wings of love and joy instead of under the stress of personal sorrow. That's amazing. She's telling you up and down it didn't matter, right? Paul said, whether I base or abound in all things, I'm content and I love Jesus. Friends, it's time to read a hymnal, sing a hymnal, get out of this, go on YouTube, listen to I Need Thee Every Hour, and let's learn today from an amazing mom of 37-year-old Annie Hawks. You're amazing, girl. And uh, touches me today. We need this. We need this in this nation. We need this in Christianity. We need to burn for him. We love you. That's it. Running out of time. Uh, keep hitting my headphones on this uh, microphone. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for rocking with Engage Heaven today. I'm out.